Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Welcome, listeners. My name is Andrea Dickinson, and I am a senior associate in the CTP group at McCabe Kerwood. I've been here since January 2006, and I've certainly seen the CTP landscape undergo major changes during that period. Claims involving psychiatric injuries have become commonplace. Almost all claimants now allege a psychiatric injury consequent upon the accident. The three most common psychiatric injuries diagnosed in CTP claims are major depression, an adjustment disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. The primary diagnostic tool for psychiatric injuries is the history and symptoms reported by the claimant. Accurate diagnosis and assessment of a psychiatric injury therefore relies heavily on the integrity of the claimant, to give truthful answers to what are often leading questions. Alleged psychiatric complaints are therefore hard to defend and investigate, but a consistent and credible history and symptoms must be present to be certain that a compensable psychiatric illness actually exists. With claims made under MACA, it makes no difference whether a claimant is diagnosed with major depression, an adjustment disorder, or post-traumatic stress disorder. Any of these conditions can produce symptoms of sufficient severity to give rise to a whole person impairment above 10%, entitling the claimant to damages for non-economic loss. With claims made under Mayer, however, the diagnosis is relevant. Sections 3.11 and 3.28 provide that an injured person ceases to be entitled to statutory benefits after 26 weeks if they have suffered only minor injuries. An injured person with minor injuries is also prevented from making a common law claim pursuant to Section 4.4. According to Clause 4, Bracket 2, the Motor Accident Injury Regulations an adjustment disorder is a minor injury. Major depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, however, are considered non-minor injuries. Thus, a claimant diagnosed with either condition may receive statutory benefits beyond six months and may make a common law claim provided other criteria are satisfied. As soft tissue injuries are considered minor injuries under Mayer, the expectation is that going forward, claimants who are diagnosed with soft tissue injuries will focus their energies on pursuing a more lucrative claim based on the existence of a psychiatric illness. So, how are major depression, post-traumatic stress disorder and adjustment disorders diagnosed and how do the conditions differ? Major depression is fairly easy to categorise. It features primarily passive and apathetic symptoms, such as fatigue or loss of energy almost every day, feelings of worthlessness and guilt almost every day, impaired concentration and indecisiveness, insomnia or hypersomnia, a diminished interest in pleasure in almost all activities, feeling restless and slowed down, recurring thoughts of death or suicide, significant weight gain or loss, and tearfulness. The severity or otherwise of the depression will depend on whether a claimant suffers from some or all of the diagnostic markers and the severity of the symptoms which are confirmed. Adjustments disorder. This psychiatric condition can have a wide variety of symptoms which are changes from someone's usual self and include Feelings of helplessness, sadness, frequent crying, anxiety, worry, heart palpitations, withdrawing or isolating from one's friends or family, 
destructive behaviours such as fighting and reckless driving, changes in appetite, feeling tired or without energy, and an increase in the use of alcohol or other drugs. These symptoms emerge as a consequence of a stressful event. For our purposes, a motor vehicle accident. Post-traumatic stress disorder develops as a consequence of exposure to an actual or perceived life-threatening event and has the following major symptoms. Nightmares or flashbacks to the event, depression or anxiety, irrational fear and avoidance of certain situations, withdrawal from friends, families and activities, avoidance of any physical or mental stimuli that reminds the claimant of the causative traumative event, repression or the intentional blockage of memories associated with the traumatic event, emotional numbing, hyperarousal, irritability and risk behaviour such as the use of alcohol or drugs as a form of escapism from symptoms or to mask symptoms. Distinguishing between post-traumatic stress disorder and an adjustment disorder can be difficult. Both are triggered by an event or experience. Both are associated with common symptoms such as anxiety, risky behaviour and depression. The major difference between the two is the severity of the causative event and the nature and persistence of the alleged symptoms. In short, the triggering event for post-traumatic stress disorder is more significant and frightening and the resultant symptoms more serious, pervasive and impactful than those causing and arising out of an adjustment disorder. A determination as to whether or not a psychiatric injury is perceived as a non-minor injury must be made early on in a claim's lifetime and often based on limited information. When you are assessing which condition best fits the known symptoms, we recommend focusing on when the symptoms first arose, immediately post-accident or later. Early symptoms can characterise a more significant illness. Has the claimant been medicated? A yes answer can also suggest a non-minor injury exists depending on the medication prescribed and the dose. Has specialist treatment been recommended? Are the symptoms predominantly passive, such as sleeping, lethargy, social withdrawal, or active hypervigilance, anxiety, or nightmares? The former will suggest depression and the latter post-traumatic stress disorder. An adjustment disorder may cross both types of symptoms. How significant was the triggering event? The less serious the event, the less likely a condition of post-traumatic stress disorder has, will, or should develop. Are the symptoms persistent? If so, it may suggest an unminded injury depending on the duration of the symptoms and the regularity with which treatment is sought. So, how do you mount a defence to these psychiatric injuries if you have concerns that the claim is not being truthful or is at least exaggerating the extent of his or her condition? We suggest the following. Obtain treating doctor's records and look for the first mention of psychiatric symptoms. Did it follow the accident or was it made after the accident but following the death in the family or the breakdown of a relationship? When did the complaints first emerge and why? Check for pre-accident complaints of a depressive or anxious nature. Note that unless a pre-existing condition was active at the time of the accident or shortly before, it is not likely to have any negating impact on the diagnosis or severity of any accident-related psychiatric illness. Confirm whether or not a claimant has been referred to a specialist and seek records if they have. Ensure that any medical legal expert reviewing the claimant comments upon whether the reported symptoms are consistent with the claimant's presentation and behaviour. If inconsistencies are present, they should have a discounting effect on the severity of the condition and the diagnosis. For example, if a female claimant reports an impairment with self-care and hygiene but presents wearing neat clothes with her hair done, nails painted and the like, that presentation is not consistent with any impairment to self-care or personal hygiene. Social media searches focusing on Google, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram should be utilised. These searches can uncover all manner of contradictory information, including busy social lives, work, pursuing hobbies, engaging in sporting activities and the existence of a strong and successful relationship which may contradict the history given by the claimant. 
the medications the claimant takes, if any, should be specifically addressed by a medical legal expert in terms of regularity and dose. The most common medications utilised in the treatment of psychiatric conditions are antidepressants, benzodiazepines, sedatives and antipsychotics. If a low dose of a psychotropic medication is prescribed, it suggests that the condition is mild. Conversely, if a high dose is prescribed, it suggests that the condition is severe. Finally, there is surveillance. This needs to be targeted at capturing footage relevant to specific allegations made by the claimant and what can be objectively observed. For example, surveillance will not assist in determining whether someone has impaired concentration, impaired sleep or flashbacks, but it can be helpful to debunk other complaints such as travel anxiety, work incapacity and social withdrawal slash isolation. If there are suspicions that the claimant is grossly overstating his or her symptoms, static surveillance should be engaged, noting that this tool is the only one likely to assist in establishing that a claimant has not been truthful about his or her complaints. An additional investigation to be employed with claims involving post-traumatic stress disorder or adjustment disorders is to have the medical legal expert directly address the triggering event. Was it genuinely life-threatening or could it have reasonably perceived as being a life-threatening event? A simple rear-end collision should not reasonably be construed as life-threatening. A collision involving such minor forces that no police or ambulance attended the scene and the vehicles involved did not require towing should similarly not be considered severe enough to trigger post-traumatic stress disorder. Going forwards, employing the investigative tactics discussed today should ideally assist in weeding out the pretenders from those who are generally suffering from a psychiatric illness and ensure that only those truly suffering from a non-minor psychiatric condition are empowered with the right to make a common law claim. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.